Welcome back to the Cracking Night Show, the only podcast. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have I done that? Never. That's a oh, first. It's a good clean start, <laughs> Betty. Oh, man. <laughs> it's because of the reversal. So, it's because it of the, is obviously the time difference, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously more difference. awake in the evening. So. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, man. The only pad Sorry, cost. I said it like, well, 50, at least 51 <laughs> times. So. <laughs> That's an outtake, isn't it? So. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Cracking Night Show, the only podcast on the planet dedicated to youngest teams in the NHL. That, of course, is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, joining me, as always, is my partner in crime, JP. How's it going, JP? I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, once again, good time to be a Knights fan. Not, not as much anxiety the last uh, couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, all good. How about you? Yeah, all good, except for the uh, monumental cock-up that I just did a minute ago, which <laughs> certain list- listeners won't hear because we edited it out, but I could see the smile on JP's face. He's, he wants to laugh, so... It's, <laughs> so yeah. it's, a good, it's a good, clean start to the episode. <laughs> Maybe you can cut yeah, the outtake so. in or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll find a way of doing it somehow. We'll find a way of doing it somehow. Um, but yeah, uh, nobody bats a thousand, man. It's all good. <laughs> No, nope. oh, nearly. We, we were 50, 50 episodes without uh, without messing up the beginning. So yeah, not, the openings were always pretty clean. You know, it's probably the switch in time um, for our listeners. We usually record when it's morning for me in Vegas and evening for Ian in the UK, and we switched it around this time. So it's late night for me and early more, kind of early-ish mid morning for. Uh, for Ian, so maybe that's what did it. It's weird. It's nighttime for or nighttime for me, daytime for you now, and so yeah. maybe we're just adjusting to that. But yeah, exactly. Um, but hey, it's all right. Like you said, we'll start where we where we mean to go on. So um, we've got a fair bit to talk about today, uh, and we do for once actually have some news. There's been a couple of trades gone on in the NHL. Um, some happened a few weeks ago. We didn't really touch on too many. Um, obviously, Tarasenko trade was one of the big ones of the last fortnight since we last recorded. But then Ryan O'Reilly was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, a couple of days ago now for some picks uh, and, I believe, a prospect. I'm not a Toronto fan, so I'm not that bothered what they traded back. But the reason for the news article was twofold. Um, you could see I really care about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Some air, some stuff that they sent back. Um, probably future considerations as well. That always gets thrown in. Um, and everybody's favorite player. And the two bits for me was one... Toronto making that move for me shows that Dubas knows he, he's on his last year of his contract. We don't normally talk about GM contracts like we do player contracts, but he's they've got to get out of that first round, right? They've got to do it. One way or another, they've got to get out. So it shows to me that this team is all in. Not that that was ever really in doubt, but it's quite a bold move, almost an undubus like move to do what he did. 
But more importantly for the listeners and the viewers, as I should say, so welcome to those viewing on YouTube, as well as to those listening on the various podcast platforms, which I'm not going to list, because um, <laughs> I've already mucked up enough this morning. We don't want to be mucking that up. Um, but it takes it off the market for Vegas. You know, So it's another player that was linked to Vegas. I could see the synergies in terms of the contract wasn't an issue because the other bit of news, and you told me about this a second ago, JP, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Mark Stone, as of today, LTIR. Yeah, yeah, Stone's officially on LTIR. We, we were all expecting that, of course, but now that they've done it, uh, of course, a, a trade could literally happen at any time now. It's not necessarily a sign that they're going to do it soon, but... Uh, but with the yeah. trade deadline as close as it is, I would say really, you know, that they're going to pull the trigger on something if they can make it happen. But, uh, but yeah, that's certainly one of the players that everybody was watching and a little bit of disappointment when uh, he wound up in Toronto instead. But this is how the, this is how it works every year, right? Teams are going to compete. It's a market. There's, you know, there's no different teams are going to make different offers and right. Players mm-hmm. have different places they want to wind up and, but yeah, Toronto, they're definitely they mean business this year, right? If they don't win a round this year, it's uh wow. I mean, as if the curse and the and the unhappiness of the Toronto fan base <laughs> as if it's not already <laughs> bad enough. desperate enough, yeah. exactly. Like if they can't win a round now, uh yeah, you just you gotta say what's what are they gonna just have to tear the whole thing down and start over? Like I mean, I just feel like they keep pumping up their roster. Like it's a strong team, right? It's a crazy strong team. Um, and I just want to, I, I mean, I'm not a Toronto fan, but I, I, the Steve Dangle stuff does make me laugh because mm. he just gets so animated about everything. Uh, Maybe that's yeah. what we need to do on our show is we just need to both be like super peed right. off like all the time. But, sure. but imagine how, how annoyed he's going to be if they get dumped out in the first round now after, oh, he'll have after a, that he'll, trade. Yeah, he'll have a conniption fit it's crazy. for sure. <laughs> he'll probably pass out. And just, exactly. And just to... Um, to show that it was actually a three-way trade, which uh, which I didn't mention before. Um, not really that much in it, but the Minnesota Wild were involved. They were what's known in the industry as the cap dump uh, part of the three-way trade. I'd love to see a three-way trade that actually has bits going places rather than somebody just taking a bit of salary. So yeah, yeah. So Ryan O'Reilly cost the Toronto Maple Leafs one point eight million in salary. Because the Minnesota Wild retained fifty percent of what's left of his salary, I might point out, um, for a fourth round pick, but they gave up a first, a second, and a third. The second is next year, so twenty twenty four. The first and the third of this year, and they gave up um, Mikhail Abramov, who was their, I believe, he was first, no, fourth round pick in twenty nineteen. And they gave up Adam Gordet, which, uh, you know, who cares about that? Um, no, no offense to Adam Gordet, but you're 26 and, you know, you're not a prospect. So, <laughs> first, a, a re- relatively good prospect. I don't think Abramov's absolutely killing it. Let's find out where he is. Uh, he's in the Marlies right now, and he's got 10 points in 34 games. Uh, no, sorry, 16 points in 34 games. The first round pick is a lot. I, for me, if Vegas had have done that and given up, say, I don't know, a prospect in the 
Henderson Silver Knights a first, a second, and a third to get Ryan O'Reilly as as a, as a rental. Let's be honest, that's what he is. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's too much. I wouldn't have been happy with that. Yeah, and to be to be honest, I you know some people criticize uh, what McCrimmon does, but he he definitely right there have been plenty of times I'm sure where they've passed on a player and he's even said that in interviews where they were interested in somebody but the price was too high and so that's too the other thing him. that happens in the trade deadline right it, it obviously maybe they were in on him and it just wasn't something that Vegas was willing to pay or able to pay so that's that's always the uh it's always the trick isn't it and and the and kind of whichever big player moves first kind of sometimes sets the market price for that particular year right this sort of comparable trades that happen and um it's a good so, point but uh so there's still still some names out there i i would be shocked mm-hmm. if vegas didn't didn't nail one of these guys that's left one of these bigger names that's kind of left on the trade market so Patrick Kane being one of them, but we'll get to that. Yeah, exactly. I guess <laughs> yeah, we'll he, he is the one that I am most interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've been trying to find that jersey you're wearing, by the way. And in the UK, it's not able to be purchased. So, uh, so yeah, there's so not many here either. Down. It's it was a really popular and and it's still not yeah. it's not easy to find. There's a few around Vegas, but every time they get shipments in, they disappear. So I got lucky to go in when they got some new ones in. But uh so. There you go. Um, and you'll have to, I don't think you've got, I can't see a number on the jersey, so I presume you haven't got one on there. So you're saving no. yourself for 88 yeah. when uh, Patrick Kane, Kane That's joins. That's right. Yeah, no number so. on this yet, but they, they can do it right there. Uh, they'll do it for you at the um, at City National where I bought this. They've got a uh, shop there where they'll you know customize it, but I uh, haven't done that yet. So we'll see. See, I have to decide who I want to have on here. So Exactly. Um, the other bit of news relates to a team that isn't one of our two teams, um, and you could argue so did the first bit, but the reason why I bring it up is because of the last episode. And we were talking on the last episode about what happens with Jonathan Taves, what happens with Patrick Kane, what happens with the Blackhawks, at what point does the GM get egg on their face? Well, somebody is going to no doubt argue with me that I'm being unfair here, but Jonathan Taves, and this is the sad part of the story, is suffering from long COVID. He's been suffering from a, I believe it's an immune disorder for a while now. Uh, It put him out a couple of years ago for virtually the whole season. We weren't sure then whether he was going to come back. Then he did come back, played quite well last year, had a real rebound. Hasn't had a great year this year, to be fair, but it's it's hard hard to have a great year when you're on a team that is literally dire and um but he's had to say that he's got to step away from hockey and i can't help feeling like we did with some of the other players and we were right with those players that we may well have seen the last of jonathan taves on the ice in a in a in a player uh you know situation anyway um which is a real shame i think he's had a fantastic career i think he's been a amazing captain for the black hawks if they don't retire his and Kane's jerseys, then, you know, I don't know what they're doing. Um, but it's a bit of a sad way to to end what's been an amazing career. The thing for me, JP, <clears throat> is they've got no value back for him. And this is why I, I couldn't understand at the time that they didn't pull the trigger with him and Patrick Kane before the season started. Now, you know, you may say, well, we wouldn't have got much for him anyway. People knew that he was struggling with stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But like now they've got nothing. 
And it's one of the two biggest pieces in, on their roster that's going to walk away, you know, with nothing back. Yeah, they just, uh, they keep kind of swinging and missing, don't they? In Chicago, it's just like, <laughs> it just seems like bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Yeah, it, it seems kind of yeah. obvious to me if you're going to do a rebuild that you, yeah, that's one of the first things you do. You ship those guys out to clear cap space, to get some value back. And, yeah, uh, obviously like, like we've talked about before, they were still holding on or still thinking that it was just a retool, not a rebuild, right? There's who knows what's going on behind the scenes there. And then you had the new management that came in. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate now for just strictly for the team. It's, it's too late there, isn't it? They'll get something for Kane, but the price is going down too. So his price is kind of dropping, at, you know, as we, as we get further in here. So, uh, but yeah, yeah too, too bad, bad, bad news for Taves. That's, uh, obviously it's, we don't know for sure, but it's looking, it doesn't look good. Does it, that he'll, that, that may be it for him. Yeah. I mean, it looks like, like you said, that that's, it's going to be the last game that he ever plays. I hope it's mm -hmm. not. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't wish him to not play again. Yeah. But I also don't wish him to, like we were saying about Stone, I never want to see a player like cling on, um, hoping that one season suddenly everything's going to change. I just yeah. just don't see it. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, and I said people will think I'm being harsh and maybe I am a little bit, but I just I just feel like this is why indecis indecision in this situation is a real killer because they should have pulled the trigger when they had the chance. Um and now, now, now he's gone. Like you said, I think Kane's price is falling as well. Teams will know that the Blackhawks are desperate to move him. Mm -hmm. um, he's he doesn't have to go. He's got a no. He's got a no movement clause. Okay, right. yeah, he probably will waive it, but only for the right team. And mm -hmm. the teams will be aware of that. I think Vegas is in the mix on that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's um, yeah, it's really it's really difficult. And it was what made me laugh though was the GM actually came out and said uh, we're not looking to trade him after this news and you feel like saying yeah, right nobody's it's, nobody's buying him mate you know, yeah. <laughs> you know like i just it was a completely pointless statement like we know that you know yeah. he's on ltir now like why would you bother moving him if he comes back you want him to play for the blackhawks of course you do there's always such weird stuff coming out of the front office in chicago i feel like i've just come to expect yeah. it like in terms of they always say things that seem to be kind of so far from the truth or f so far from what everybody knows to be the truth. I'm not saying that they're BSing. I'm just saying they seem to live in a different reality than everybody else seems to think that they live in. Right. So, but, uh, I agree, I yeah, agree. it's, but uh, yeah, I think Kane's probably going to move. Right. Don't you think? I mean, it's, he's even spoken publicly about he has sort of yeah. being disappointed. You know, there were a couple of teams he had his eye on. It didn't work out because they picked up somebody else, which means there's no room for him now. And didn't he kind of publicly already make mention that a couple of times being a little bummed. So he's got his eyes on leaving, right? Yeah. And he scored a hat trick, I think last night, which yeah. will have just maybe added something to his, uh, sure. to his little, value. Yeah. Um, a the Hawks beat Toronto, which is quite hilarious <laughs> given what we were talking about, but right. Hey. Right. Um, so, so yeah, and he has publicly come out and said it was it was um, not Vegas, sorry, it was New York Rangers. That's he the, came yeah. out and said that right with the Tarasenko move, he knew that killed it for him. That, and that he wasn't he was exactly. About that. Yeah, that closed that deal. So yeah, yeah, 
So I, I could I can understand that the Panarin re- reunion and everything kind of makes sense with, with that sure. one. So yeah, that, that team had some interest for him for sure for a lot of reasons. But yeah, exactly. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is our news. I want to stick in Vegas, JP, because you rightly said at the beginning of the podcast, um, things have been pretty good last week or so. It's I don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to jump. You know, like we don't want to jump to conclusions when they go on a on a, a losing streak. We don't want to sure. jump to conclusions when they start yeah. winning a few games. But yeah. given everything around Logan Thompson, which we haven't mentioned, obviously we mentioned about Mark Stone being LTIR. Logan Thompson is he on LTIR as we speak? Uh, I don't think they put him. Did they put him on LTIR? I can't so remember. Look. He's he's considered week to week, so they you know they mm-hmm. may not put him on LTIR, but um, you know depending on how many games they think he's going to miss. But uh, uh, while you're looking at that, correct? Yeah, did you find it? That's he's right. not on LTIR, right? It is. So he's not even on. He's not even on IR as it stands. Yeah. He's actually just in in now. They've got players in on emergency loans and stuff. Yeah, um, but he's not importantly. He's not an LTIR like obviously Robin Leonard and Nolan Patrick and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I actually went to the Tampa Vegas game a couple nights ago, and uh, and yeah, he was listed as one of the scratches. Right. So so of course he's yeah, yeah. he's still still on the active roster. I um <clears throat> I think you know I I think they week to week I think the vibe around the team and around the press is that expect to see Logan Thompson back before playoffs or at least by playoffs. So yep. that's good news. Um, it's, you know, when he went down hurt, you know, of course the whole Vegas fan base breathed the, you know, at the same time, kind of one of those, like, you've got to be kidding me. Like <laughs> kind of a gasp, <laughs> exactly. right? Like we're just got healthy again, you know, except for stone, which we know is a, that's, that's just how it's going to be for now. Um, yep. that being said, uh, yeah, they're doing just fine. And with Hill and net, they've, they've still done well. And, um, the Tampa Vegas game was pretty crazy. That was a scoring fest both ways, but it's Tampa. Mm-hmm. They have a pretty high octane offense. And, um, but yeah, I, you know, the, the way I feel and the way a lot of people feel is Brossois is a, is a, He's a good NHL goalie, good good backup goaltender. Um, especially with the whole decor healthy now, I think they're yep. going to be okay. It, it, if this had happened two months ago or a month ago, it might have been a slightly scarier situation. But with the the, the decor fully healthy, uh, Vegas is really hard to score on. Uh, barring the, the Tampa game, the Tampa game was a high-scoring affair both ways, but... Other than that, and I got to say, even after the high scoring, Vegas kind of locked the game down and didn't give Tampa much. It was impressive to watch. So I forget how good the starting decor for Vegas is. I mean, they're they are outstanding. And to be honest, I think that's a big reason why they're doing so well right now. I think a little bit of rest over the all-star break, but you know, they came out of the all-star break with a fully healthy decor and the pairings that are used to working together are working together. And, uh, wow. When the defense is kicking, when, when Vegas is really locked in defensively, man, it is really hard to score against those guys. And I I feel like sometimes great offense comes 
almost as a as a result of great defense, right? Because with the breakouts and Vegas uh, likes to score on the rush a lot of times and um, whatever's going on, I'll take it while it lasts. They're, what are they, five game winning streak now, right? Is that what it is? I so think. So stands there at five. Yeah. They haven't lost since the All-Star break, as you rightly said. Right. Um, but like, and, you, and you're right, again, in terms of the defense since the All-Star break, beat Nashville 5-1, they beat Minnesota 5-1, they beat Anaheim 7-2, they beat San Jose 2-1, and they beat Tampa 5-4. Mm-hmm. So five-game win streak. You've got Chicago next, which is tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was it tonight? It might be tonight because obviously I'm, on my uh, NHL, it gives the UK times, right, which means right. that I'm always a day ahead Yeah, <clears throat> and weirdly out of sync. Um, but yeah, so it show, like you said, it shows how good the defense has been. And it's been a very good run, really, really good run. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aiden Hill has been fantastic. Yeah. He's played well in, in quite a few of those games. So I don't think it's too big an issue um, from, that, from, from their side. It's been a slightly different story for the Kraken since the All-Star break. It hasn't quite been as, as nice. Uh, we went on a bit of a losing streak, picked up a couple of wins. But I would say all in all, uh, February's been a little a little rough, to say the least, um, including losing to San Jose 4-0, uh, which is not not great. And we got right. Bosto. Bosto? Boston. <laughs> What's going on? We need to switch the times back. Uh, welcome, welcome to Bosto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not to be confused with toronto yeah or tronton so there you go so you got you got bosto and tronton um, which are the next two teams <laughs> and so you know like if we can pick up two points from those two games you know we'll, we'll have done we'll have done well but it's it's funny because every time we we record it's why i quite like recording on a fortnightly basis because Good. So much changes. You know, last time we were recording, Seattle, the top of the Pacific, Vegas was sat in third. The Vegas fan base was slowly driving itself insane, mm-hmm. um, worrying that this was going to be, you know, blow it up, you know, press press the nuke right. button and, oh, yeah. you know, trade, trade the house. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and now it's like two weeks later, Vegas are back on top. You've got a game in hand on us and the LA Kings. Um, Seattle have pr- pretty much completely blown their games in hand they had. They did have two or three games in hand on, on on the LA Kings, which have now been used up. We're still 70 points, so we're two points off Edmonton in the wildcard space, but nowhere near as comfortable as it was. And uh, whereas Vegas, you know, you guys are now sitting pretty on the top. I mean, you've got 72 points as we stand. So, okay, yep, only a point. But if you win the game in hand, that's two po- uh, four points, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a nice gap where it is right now. So... I think it's a lot to be chuffed about if you're a Vegas fan. The one area I did want to bring up with yourself, mate, before we focus on the trade deadline, is the power play. I read an, an article the other week uh, on The Athletic. I'm not sponsored by The Athletic, by the way, but I would recommend it as uh, sports journalism goes, especially if you, like me, are in the UK and trying to follow an American sport and you don't want to go on NHL.com because it's crap. Um, but <laughs> it was talking about power plays. You can definitely tell we're not sponsored by the NHL. Um, <laughs> it was by power plays <laughs> and their importance in Stanley Cup winning teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the record, which I've got a picture of here, which I'm obviously not going to show the camera, but I'm going to re- read from right now, which is <clears throat> around, if I can get to it. Do, 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 do. So, in the last six cup winning teams, 
have all had power plays that have been in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And as Vegas stand right now, I'll be kind and say it isn't in the top 10. Right. I think it's 21st power play. Mm-hmm. Penalty kill is a lot better for you guys than us, but penalty power play, I think, is 21st as we speak. Yeah. Um, it's got to be a concern. And it's something that, like you said, maybe Patrick Kane, when you're looking at who do you put in the de- who, you know, who's the right target on the deadline, I think it's got to be somebody that's going to give you something on the power play because you need that rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's interesting in the past, too, I really think that's one of the things that has kept Vegas from getting over the hump or at least from making another Stanley Cup final appearance um, is, is the power. Because yeah, let's face it, the power play, can that can be the difference. That's that extra goal or two or three per series, per round, right? Yep. And that's enough, especially when you get deep. A lot of times that's the, just a goal or two is the, is the, that's the difference maker between who goes through and who doesn't. I will say, especially the year that they went, uh, when the divisions were realigned and the conferences were realigned and they did the, they had the semifinal against Montreal, the, the, hmm. the lack yeah. of power play production is totally why they got eliminated in the semifinal. Like, and, and I, I think you could probably say the same thing against Dallas the year prior and, so that's really what's been holding them back, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think when you get as far as the final, if it's two fairly evenly matched teams, it could go either way. Um, mm-hmm. But, and that, that's obviously not what's happened, you know, the last couple of years. It's been a heavily favored team against one that's probably not going to not gonna be able to hang. But um, no, it's a concern for sure. I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I believe the power play has been better recently. But yes, over the course of the whole season, no, it has it hasn't been hasn't been great, and uh, they're going to have to figure that out um, if they want to win the cup or even make it to the final. Right? It just because it gets down. You know how it is. It gets down to yeah. It gets down to those grinding playoff games, especially when you get deep, where one goal makes the difference, and you have to be able to capitalize on that. You get a power play; you need to be able to turn it into a goal, and that can be the difference, you know. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe there can be an ad that will. It, it's so inconsistent for them too. Sometimes the power play looks pretty good. Uh, like I said, it's been looking kind of peppy lately, but. Uh, I haven't heard in, in years, I haven't heard anybody say the Vegas power play looks outstanding. Like just nobody says that, <laughs> which is strange because exactly. they're so good in so many other areas, but. And it's not like you can't score. So scoring is no. not, definitely not an issue. I mean, yeah. when we look at the, um, if I get my stats back up, the goals for per game, you know, it's Vegas are, are where you would expect them to be. So the power mm. players are, as, as I said before, they're at 21% as it stands. You're right, it has been better. Yeah. But the kind of teams that you're around, there are a few playoff teams in there, by the way. So New Jersey Devils, mm-hmm. Carolina Hurricanes have got a 20% power play. Um, so have we in the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. The Islanders have got a pretty naff power play. So it's not like it's it's not a death sentence by any stretch of the imagination. But when you look at the goals for per game, then Vegas is currently sat uh, in the t- easily in the top half. You know, you're in the same goals for per game as the Penguins, the Rangers, the Kings, not too far off the Maple Leafs. So, mm. um, and the one thing that's good for Vegas is you have a pretty good penalty kill, 79%. The rule of thumb normally is if the power play and the penalty kill add up to 100 
then you're okay. Mm-hmm. If right. they don't, you've got a problem. Right. I think for the Seattle Kraken, it's definitely a concern the other way around. I'm not too bothered about the power play because we do score quite a few goals in open play. And we've got one of the highest goals for per game. We're in the top six. Um, only Devils, Lightning, Sabres. Sabres. Third highest goals for per game in the league. That's just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston Bruins, Edmonton Oilers. You take all that into consideration. I'm not too worried about the, the Seattle Kraken power play, but I am concerned we, about the penalty kill because we're mm-hmm. 72.5%. Yeah. We have the second worst, only only to be to be better or to be worsened uh, by the Vancouver Canucks. Um, and you know what season they're having. So to be at 72%, you know, in terms of deadline, if the Seattle Kraken are looking for anything, it's got to be something. F- I, I know that people won't like it because they want they want the Kraken to go and get somebody who's a goal scorer. They'll want to add, but the reality is we don't need that. We need to plug that hole, um, mm-hmm. which I kind of felt was maybe the move that they made with the San Jose defenseman. I want to say his name's Meg Moore or something like that. Um, yeah, it's obviously a fantastic move because I can, um, I really, 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 really <laughs> love him so much. I can't remember his name. Uh, Megna, there you go. I know yeah, yeah. Magma, something, something like that. Um, and uh, so him, <laughs> Like, he's obviously not going to be be the answer. They're going to have to look at something else. But mm. a question for yourself uh, before we go into the Vegas, and I kind of love it with the bit that we'll we'll focus on to the end of the podcast, really. But it's the Kraken. You know, they're still in the playoff spot. It's not as comfortable as it was a couple of weeks ago. We are now probably looking backwards rather than looking forwards. Edmonton are only a couple of points off us. And then when Edmonton get there, in terms of the, the league standings, we're not too far behind you know, everybody else then. And uh, you know, the kind of chasing pack, if you will. I feel like that is now going to alter the way Ron Francis handles deadline. Uh, he could surprise me. And you know, when we do our deadline special, which we will do, uh, which will be both on YouTube and on, 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 our, on, on the normal channels for audio, of course, um, he could shock me and they can make a move for Jacob Trickern or something like that. And like a really big defensive mm-hmm. addition. Um, Cause I just don't see it being a forward, but I kind of feel like what we said at the beginning of the, of the, of the season is still going to be valid in his mind, which is that, look guys, we're having a good year. Maybe it's not a playoff year, but actually that's not where we want to be right now. If we get there, great, but we don't think we're going to win a Stanley cup and therefore we're not going to trade the house for it. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised, and the Kraken fans of our show are going to hate me for saying this, even hate me even more if it's right. I don't think they're going to do anything. I think they'll make maybe a couple of depth moves, Yeah, but I don't see any marquee signings for, for Seattle. You yeah, you don't think they'll make a big splash. Well, and the other thing, like we've no. talked about this before, is it's it's risky because you could even make a big splash at the deadline and still fall out because of the state of the Pacific. Yeah. Any team could. Right. I mean, right now, Vegas could too. Anybody could fall out right now. Now it's obviously we know Vegas has a history of, of going all in. And so I think as long as Vegas doesn't completely tank, safe to say Vegas is probably still going to try to make a big splash. That's just what they do. But, um, but Vegas could, could just as easily fall out of the mix. Seattle could fall out of the mix. The Kings could fall out of the mix. That's how it's still that tight. I, right now, isn't it just one a one point between each? 
Like you just went over it, but it's one point it's between one point each, between the top Seattle, three teams. LA, and Knights. Yeah, Edmonton are sixty-eight points. Mm-hmm. Now there's a bit of a gap to Calgary. I don't think Calgary are in the playoff hunt right now. If, yeah. they, if they keep perform, they're not out of it by any stretch. I mean, Vancouver are out, San Jose are out, Anaheim are out, Chicago are out, Arizona are out, St. Louis are out. Calgary's so you've basically maybe. got Nashville. Yeah, you've got Calgary's a maybe. You've got Nashville in there. Who are who are quite a few points off off us, but they could sneak into a wild card spot. Depends how the season goes. Right, Minnesota definitely in that mix. Yeah, at the moment, Minnesota and Edmonton are the two wild card teams. Mm-hmm. I just I would feel a lot more. I would worry. I think is what I mean to say. If Seattle fell into a wild card spot, because you don't want to be jostling. It would it would it would need either Calgary or, or Nashville to really step it up. Mm-hmm. to put the pressure on, but you just don't want to be in that position. And I think if we get into that position, I just don't see Ron Francis doing anything, you know? So. Yeah. He's he's shown in the past, in the short history of the team, he has demonstrated that he has patience and, right? Like he definitely yes. is not, he's determined to sort of follow his plan and his pace. He doesn't seem like like the kind of guy that's in a hurry to make things happen. And, and by all by any stretch, I mean, this is a successful season already, big time. No matter what happens, I understand that fans want it to go well and want them to go on a deep playoff run. That's totally normal and understandable. But I mean, already the, the Kraken are a are a huge success. Second year, my goodness! Like no matter what happens, uh, this team is beyond on track. I would say uh, by by all accounts. So of course you want to see him do well, but. But yeah, I think you could be right. I think your gut's probably right there. He, you know, he seems, I feel like he's probably going to stick with the plan, whatever that plan is. We don't entirely know what that is, but, um, yeah, like you said, it, if the one thing, if it was like, oh, the Kraken are contenders, you know, and they could surprise everybody, but people aren't talking about the Kraken like they're a contender. Right. And, and if he doesn't feel like he's a contender, then yeah, he's probably not going to throw in just yet. You know, exactly. I agree. But that isn't what Vegas are going to do because we know no. what Vegas do. Like yeah. Vegas are exactly how you would expect a team from Vegas to be. Uh, and they are all in all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see this year being any different. No. So I think it's – and talking of patience, the Vegas uh, front office and, to be honest, way, way, way back in the office, Bill Foley, <clears throat> he's not impatient in terms of – it's not, he's not irrational, but he wants to win the cup and he will do. And Vegas's time is now. Like, yeah. They're not rebuilding, not close to rebuilding yet. They've got to make these years count, especially while Logan Thompson's so cheap. Right. Because they've got a cap benefit with that right now. So mm-hmm. for me, I think Vegas will do something. The case is do they go with Patrick Kane? Do they go Timo Meyer? Do they go Van Riemsdyk? Do they go Batuzzi? Do they go completely left field and look at somebody who's you know, not even on the board right now? Maybe. Right. Um, my gut feel is that they're in on Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. I can see why that works. It's a rental. It makes sense. I don't think that Chicago are going to get back, like we were saying earlier, but I don't think Chicago are going to get back what they want. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not saying prospect and second round pick mm-hmm. or a conditional first. But the conditional will be that Vegas make the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a first if they make the playoffs, it's a second if they don't. I could see it being like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Timo Meyer is the one that I'm interested in because I've heard a lot of talk about that. I heard the 32 Thoughts podcast where they were talking about it. And I just don't see San Jose trading to Vegas, if I'm honest. I know it's happened before. Yeah, it's divisional rival. I, I don't know that, that, that that's going to be their first their the first place that they would like I, I would imagine it would be their preference to trade him somewhere else and there's going to be other suitors for sure for a guy like mm-hmm. meyer right i mean he's what is he a he's a 30 40 goal a year guy isn't he i mean in terms of his his production yeah he is yeah and and, and he's expensive too um uh, vegas isn't in the habit of doing rentals either really i mean that's vegas generally has not done rentals in the past although you said you think Kane would be probably, right? Well, I mean, potentially not. I mean, the difference between Timo Meyer and Patrick Kane, mm-hmm. Timo Meyer, as you rightly said, he's on 52 points in 50, 57 games. Mm-hmm. 31 of those is goals. So he's, you know, he's a goal scorer. So him and Kane have got similarities from that side. Although Kane's goal stats aren't as good as what people would imagine. Yeah. He's 26. He's just coming out. He's in the last year of a 6 million AAV deal. Mm-hmm. So he's going to want paying. Yeah. Given what we've seen, people like Matt Baldy and a few others be paid, I think you're probably talking north of eight mil. I just mm-hmm. don't see Vegas being able to do that next season. Yeah, they um, won't have they won't have the space. Somebody will have to go. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so more that's of why a, I this, feel like it's a rental. Yeah, a rental mm-hmm. unless we find out that Stone's career is over or something, in which case, you know, maybe. But um, you know, the other thing to bear in mind here, even though I worry that Stone's career might be over, there's still a lot of talk from yep. the front office that Stone may come back during the playoffs at some point. Like if Vegas were to make a deep run, in which case you're looking at another Kucherov kind of situation here where Vegas could make this big splash now and then add Stone partway through the playoffs. But <laughs> You know, <laughs> which would just be insanity. It's been done before. It's been done by cup winning teams done, before. Yeah. So it, yeah. you know, it could be a little stroke of luck if it turns out that way. But, um, but yeah, is Kane a, I mean, he's a, is he, he's a bit of a power play guy. Like is he, that's one of his strengths, right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, the weird thing with Patrick Kane, I've been saying this for a while now. Um, and, uh, some of the things I say come true, other things don't. Um, but Patrick Kane, it surprised me how many people see him as as a as a as a sniper and as a goal mm. scorer. But actually, mm. when you look at his tallies for the last three or four years, he doesn't score that many goals. Mm. Not like you would expect. Yeah. So if we go back to 2018, 2019, which I would probably class as like a Patrick Kane at his peak. Mm. So he scored 44 goals, 66 assists, 110 points in 81 games. And Chicago still didn't make the playoffs, by the way. Um, but that's a hell of a season. Um, then in 2019-2020, Chicago did make the playoffs. Uh, he scored 33 goals, so still good. 84 points, more than a point per game. Last season, more than a point per game again. But now we're in the Debrinkit era. So he became much more of an assist machine mm, yeah. than a goal scorer. Setting the goals and up. Yeah. Debrinkit scored 40 or 50 goals, I think, either that season or the season afterwards. Yeah, mm. so he scored 66 points. Still more than a point per game because that was the lockdown year. Um, but 51 of those points were assists. Last season, 66 assists, 26 goals, 92 points, 78 games. I mean, you can't complain about his production. Even this season, on a on a, on a very, very, very bad team, it has to be said. He scored 41 points in 52 games. Mm-hmm. But 14 of those are goals. So if you then compare that to the 
uh, Vegas team in terms of who's on on that many goals. You know, you're looking certainly if we take Phil Kessel for example, he's got 11 goals and he's costing a million pounds. This guy's 10 million in terms of contract. Right. You've got Master Show as well. He scored 17 goals. So mm-hmm. I think the one thing with Vegas is they don't really have an out and out goal scorer. Riley's got 19 because it's kind of the sum of the parts. I would see Patrick Kane being somebody who you would need to be clever on. Cassidy would have to be clever on who, what line he puts him on. Right. He's, he's not just going to like just explode whatever line he's on. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put him like what Chicago did when they had him and Debrinkit. You need him with somebody who can score. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Eichel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Eichel has been heating up again a little bit lately i wouldn't maybe not heating up but he's he's broken his drought anyway like he's he kind of um got the monkey off his back and and has scored one or two maybe um but uh yeah he was in a little bit of a slump there i'll tell you watching going back to what we were talking about with the power play at the tampa game Mm -hmm. the other night they have always been such a clinical power play team like their power play i remember the years they won the cup their power play was was like scary good and mm-hmm. they scored a power play goal the other night. Um, and where I was sitting uh, was I could see Stamco scored the goal. And I actually could see I was just lined right up behind Stamkos and could see the puck just travel in a straight line into the net from where I was sitting. Like the puck almost didn't hmm. move in my line of sight. Does that make sense? So I literally was yeah, looking yeah. right down the angle of his shot <laughs> and it was a, you know, a uh, uh, tic-tac-toe slap shot right in the upper corner and watching that, it just reminded me like Vegas doesn't have that kind of precision on the power play. And a lot of teams don't, but that's like, typical. Say, yeah. that's like vintage Tampa. Like they score goals like that it all is. the time. And, you know, of course, like the Capitals with Ovechkin and stuff like and those are the teams that have those huge those power play. You know, obviously you can score greasy goals on the power play as well. But just coming back to what you're saying about like a a score, like a natural goal scorer. Right. Um, And Vegas doesn't necessarily have somebody you would describe that way. In fact, Vegas's goals are spread out across the entire team. They are. They're like way up at the top of the league in terms of the goals just being distributed like throughout the lineup. Also, by the way, I heard this stat the other day, Vegas takes the fewest penalties in the league. They also draw the fewest penalties <laughs> in the league. So I don't know, I don't know what that <laughs> says about them, but it, it, it says that, that maybe, you know, they can get away with their power play, but not being quite as good because they don't go on it quite as often. But uh, anyway, I thought that was an interesting stat and that does matter, right? It's not just the stat. It's it also does. how often do you go on the power play? How often do you go on the penalty kill? That makes a difference. So, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. Exactly. I think one of the reasons why Seattle's penalty kill doesn't mean that they're not in a playoff spot is because, you know, they obviously make up for it in other, in other metrics. Maybe they take less penalties. They score right. a lot. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Now, in terms of we normally do this fortnightly, um, and uh, we're a little bit out of sync in terms of ourselves and when we're recording, but the episode will be out uh, for you guys on the 22nd of february so that's tomorrow for us um depending on when you're listening to it it was either in the past or in the future who knows um but the week afterwards is the trade deadline so we're going to be recording next weekend so there won't be a fortnight break um presuming you're okay to do it jp i'm yeah. suggesting that we record literally for me 
that Saturday morning for you that Friday night because the mm-hmm. deadline shuts at 8 p.m. Yeah. on Friday, March 3rd. So we will be able to cover every single trade that happens mm-hmm. for the Vegas Gold Knights, for the Seattle Kraken, uh, and our thoughts on all of that. So mm-hmm. as always, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing uh, the latest and greatest from our two teams with my co-host JP. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed the show. Uh, do get in touch with us over the next week. Let us know who you think they should trade and why you think they should trade. And uh, for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, Hello and thank you. But use the comments function below to let us know who you think they should go for. You know, who would you go for if you're in the uh, Vegas or Seattle uh, front office? But it's going to be an interesting week. Something's happening. I'll tell you that now. Something's happening. It's not a question of if for Vegas. It's a question of who and how much. Yep, and how much. Exactly. (laughs) And how much, exactly. And um, because there's not a lot left on that farm and they don't want to be trading too much. But (laughs) we'll see. So until then, guys, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you in a week's time. See you soon. Bye-bye.